here on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome everyone to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, another show on the road to WrestleMania. We've had the best of the rest, we've had a Kofi profile, a Batista profile, and we've talked the undercard, we're now going to talk the Hall of Fame, and how fitting that I have a panel of first ballot, absolute Hall of Shamers with me today. <laughs> I'm Ross McLeod, and joining me is a man who, on sweeps, is the GOAT, and on quizzes, is SHIT, <laughs> <laughs> the embodiment of the Glasgow Uni accent. It's David Campbell. See, I thought this was my induction into no. the SSR Hall of Fame today, so I'm actually kind of disappointed that there's no ceremony or pomp and circumstance. It's fine. This is I mean, there's good. caramel nibs, Starbucks, and Haribo. I mean, what more do you want? There's also M&Ms at that end of the day. Oh, that's what we need. Spoil for choice. Yes. Apologies for any rustling here, lads. We are having our dinner. Next up is a man that's blown more quizzes than Rafe Rovers have uh, promotion chances. Oh, oh. A man who, much like me, gave David Campbell a platform to be a wee fanny. He's the founder <laughs> of the GUPWS Twitter account, Nathan oh, Fisher. <laughs> yeah, I created GUPWS, now one day I'm going to have to kill it. <laughs> Just that's your legacy, sitting, sending Brexit tweets to Phil <laughs> And up next, a man who, as well as hosting this party tonight, as we are currently in Casa del Lucas, although we know Hazel runs this yard, it's a man who hosted a show about wrestlers who didn't quite make the mountaintop. Ironic, as he still can't win the ESSR <laughs> title. Alan, how are you? Everyone knows, that's a conspiracy against the big dog. <laughs> Roman proved it, and so will I. Chris, this goes out on Friday, actually. You could win the title the day this goes out. <laughs> Damn right, I'm winning and retaining. You you will be the guy to hold it for two days, won't you? No, I'll be the guy to hold it for hour. Just to, would that be the shortest reign, yeah? No. No, it'd probably be, be Scotty's. Scott, yeah. Scott on no, the quiz show. You're Scott or Quacky. Oh, yeah. No, no, Scott won it on the quiz. Aye, because he won it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And then, oh, yeah. Dave run it back. It's all fine now. It's all good. <laughs> Dave's like, uh, Dave, Scott's like you, he just blows it in the last round. <laughs> And I'm now getting the prestigious title of Nathan Fisher Award. It's now the Big Dog Award, because I finished saying more times than Nathan. Oh, it'll, now it'll, be called, it'll now be called the 43 Award with Scott's face on it. Like, no! <laughs> I should feel that. With Scott with a cane mask crying. <laughs> <laughs> He's might have been editing this, I don't know. I've always loved Scott, mate. Anyway, we're going to talk Hall of Fame. It's always a topic of discussion, you know, who's in, who should be in, who's went in too late, and we're going to start off with two of the sort of iffy picks, if you will, picks that are, we'll put them in the Coco Beware category, because he's always the one people bring up. First off, Tori Wilson, so she was brought in in the invasion angle, she was meant to be a big part of a, a Vince McMahon love triangle, where Linda would divorce Vince for cheating on her with Tori Wilson and give half the company to Shane. They scrapped that and for the next seven years she just sort of was there. David, do you have any fond um, memories of Tori Wilson? I think like she's two part in one of the best technical wrestling matches I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Playboy Pillow Fight at WrestleMania 22. Yeah, yeah. Michelle, an absolute uh, Matt classic. I think we just got a bit pardon the pun. Um, but, you know, Tori Wilson, it's hard to say she doesn't deserve it because of her longevity, as you pointed out there, Ross. The fact that she actually didn't win a title when she was in WWE, mm-hmm. does that matter? Does it not matter? 
I think when it boils down to it, Tori Wilson is a name that sort of non-wrestling fans might know and might get them a bit of mainstream exposure because of the things that she's done since she left the company and the name she established back in the most popular time. So in that sense, yes, I get why she's going in. She kind of does deserve it in a sense because of that mainstream exposure. I totally agree. For some matches, actually not that bad. You know, it's just sad that she wrestled at a time where women's wrestling was really demoted to the toilet break, as they called it. And the match, she had some decent rivalries as well. But here's another thing, which just came back as well. She's actually not only looking younger, God knows how she's done, but she's actually performing better when she is actually wrestling. So she's actually improved with age, so whiskey. Yeah, it's like so. Shawn Michaels as well. I think that's a wrestling thing. Footballers hit their peak at twenty eight. Wrestlers hit it at thirty eight. <laughs> Aye, yeah. It was when she came back in the Rumble. Like I completely agree with you, Alan. She surprised me. I was like, I've, I didn't think I saw Tori Wilson hitting these moves like back in the day. Yeah. You know, so and now she looks younger than she did when she first came in. Yeah, you know. Nathan, to quote someone who we'll be talking about later on tonight, Tori Wilson, shocky ducky, quack quack. <laughs> <laughs> I think she deserves to be in the Hall of Fame as well. Um, obviously technically quite limited but when you when you see that she did two Playboy shoots you could argue she brought more ice to the product during that time than other people yeah. who will discuss later on plus didn't that she was outsell Sable which was yes. the highest selling one Playboy's mm. at that point Sable as well yeah. mm. and to have a one on one take the context of the match into account if you want to have a one on one women's match at Wrestlemania that not many yeah. people can say they had that in that era and we had two in that same two in that one show there's a lot of women who you could argue could be who should be in before her but she still deserves a place I think mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, so our panel we've went with agreed three three votes out of three Tori should be in next up is the man of a billion gimmicks he's Hulk Hogan's wee brother he's Hulk Hogan's best pal he's a barber a booty man, a silent man, a Zodiac killer. Yeah. I, I'm not going to list all the gimmicks, we'll be here the whole show. Space Cowboy. Uh, <laughs> he is Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Nathan, I know you're kind of against this one. What was he contributed to the business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apart from being Hulk Hogan's pal, like literally, I think he's won like, a tag tail twice, like once or twice. But like, that's. <laughs> Nah, he doesn't deserve to be there. Am I even saying you, you want him to be in? I don't know. Like, I've never seen him before. <laughs> like, I can honestly say that I've I'm, never seen any footage. Someone said, I, I, can't be, I don't know if it was the Hall of Fame Charlie group chat, but it's, like, it's a good choice, but I can't remember who. I, I said a good choice because I just know his name. Because <laughs> like, people mention him all the time, but the only thing I've seen of Bruce the Barber Beefcake is him like smiling crazily and holding like those shears. Like that's yeah. the only footage of him I've seen. Like so, and it's not as though like with all the legends they like to bring them back occasionally and do stuff with them. I've been watching regularly since two thousand and six. Can't remember seeing Bruce the Barber Beefcake no. on any WWE show. I think he did like one skit in the Edge and Christian show, and all we learned for that is he has both nipples pierced. Back to shedding. Didn't <laughs> Alan, uh, thoughts on beefcake other than these nipples? Take his nipples out of your mind. I can't. You put them in there, you horrible human <laughs> being. The only thing, and this will break Derek's heart. I'm sorry, Derek, I know we discussed it yesterday, but no, tough titty. Bring the nipples in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> as, um, he did his skit show, you know what you call it, gave us one of the great scenes in history of wrestling. Break up the rockers, mm. Shawn Michaels, flung Marty Janay through the window. Mm-hmm. That's about it for me. <laughs> and I don't. I'm not upset he's in it because there's a lot of people in the Hall of Fame that really shouldn't be in it, in my opinion. I'm not surprised he's going in, but I'm not kind of saying he should deserve to be in it. Because for although he's maybe not really done a lot, his name has been around for a long, long time and people do recognise the name. 
To me, he's one of these ones who is... See when the 80s boom took off? He just happened to be there. Like, everyone remembers, like, the first season of, say, a, a TV... Like, a kid's TV show they mm-hmm. watch where the cast... Like, a Power Rangers. Much like wrestling, the cast change regularly. You remember your ones, but they're not always the best ones. It's just because you watched it when you were a kid. He was there at the boom period, and it just sort of seemed like... Nathan says it was Hulk Hogan's pal. So that's how he got into the WWF. That's how he got a big push. So we got a tag title match at one WrestleMania, teaming with Hulk Hogan. And it was just so Hulk Hogan could spoil the main event later the, that night. Pre-WWF, we did have a gimmick where it was literally Hulk Hogan's brother. Yeah, he was Terry, Terry Boulder. Uh, it's just... Was this not announced on Monday there? Because mm-hmm. I actually thought it was an April Fool. <laughs> yeah, it was like, wait, it's but, gonna... but it was leaked for like two weeks earlier. Yeah. Like, it, I seen it all over social media was going in, and I, I was really hoping for Bulldog this year. Uh, yeah, I yeah, feel like this is the time yeah. for Bulldog. Well, see, the other name that was coming up was Taz, and I think Taz would have been a. It, despite the fact that MWE don't have the best relationship yeah, right yeah. now, Taz for me is a lot more yeah, deserving yeah, and a lot more mm-hmm. relevant and to the company. Because he broke Kurt Angle's streak at the Royal Rumble 2000. Yeah, okay, it's not. Undertaker streak, but he'd went some like 40 odd matches at defeat, mm-hmm. and he ended Angle in about three minutes. And he's for, for his commentary work as well. What's mm-hmm. I agree with Nathan, I agree with him. Right. Taz would have been like, I agree, Taz would have been a good So, show. we would have rather Taz. Do we think maybe <laughs> this is we've seen how WWE have tried to slowly bring Hulk Hogan slowly but surely back into the company? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, David said before, but his Hulk Hogan still a job. He's obviously still an influence. He's yeah. still getting his battles in. Stupid. It genuinely is. I could rant about this Hulk Hogan thing for days. Fire away. Hulk Hogan needs WWE more than WWE needs Hulk yeah. Hogan. But WWE does not seem to realise this. Like, this is one of the things I think there's, like, wrestling fans t- tend to divide things into Vince McMahon thinking and Triple H thinking. That seems to be, like, a divide I see these days. Uh, the Hulk Hogan thing, for me, is very much Vince McMahon mm. thinking, like, oh, Hulk Hogan, damn it. Like nine WrestleManias in a row, let's get him back, you know? And it's like he can't let go of the past, you know? That was a terrible impression. I mean, he is the guy who transcended wrestling, mm-hmm. when you think about it. He's the first person ever, most people, I'd say nine times ever wrestled yeah. at all. For, usually wrestling, giving the first name, Hogan's going to be on the lips of 99% of them. Yeah, he, he, he's the reason, pretty much, I don't, can't speak for everyone else, but he's the reason I can't wrestle. I grew up idolising Hulk Hogan, and up until I, before I moved here, I still had my Hulk Hogan shampoo bottle of having his arms up and it says in his t-shirt, take your vitamins, you know, eat well and all that stuff. I still had that, I wasn't allowed to bring it. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I totally agree with you though, at the same time, WWE does not need him. Yeah. They've not announced... some holder, he's just some, he's just done somebody. There is, no, there's been no uh, inductees announced, uh, sorry, inductors. Mm. I think that's. Do you think that maybe because they're going to have Hulk induct Beefcake, and they don't want the backlash? They said that they're doing away with inductors, but so that might be the case. If it's not the case, and it mm. is surprising inductors, um, I don't think Hulk Hogan will get the best reception at the Hall of Fame. Uh, this is a lot of uh, indie like indie fans who might be at that show, a lot of clued up fans who will be at that show who know the sort of backstory behind mm. the reason why he departed WWE uh, for a number of years. I don't think it's a smart move. Fair enough in Saudi Arabia, but not in the weekend before WrestleMania. Yeah, definitely. So we'll move on to our first one. Nathan alluded to this inductee earlier. Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. Booker T is already in the Hall of Fame. He's now going in as part of Harlem Heat with his brother Stevie Ray. Dave, something you wanted to talk about is the two-time inductees. It's something I was thinking about this morning. If someone does well in a tag team, 
but the other tag partner is already in the Hall of Fame. Is it right to put them in as a team or should the other one just go in on his own? I think they should go in on their own um, because think about if you're going to induct Edge and Christian, I think it'd be a slap in the face to induct to Christian and induct them in a tag team. And I think that's the same with Steve Ray. He's had his own independent contributions to the wrestling business, maybe not as much as Booker has, mm-hmm. but he's done enough. It's the same if we go and talk about the Anvil later on. The reason I think they've done it this year of all years is because they don't have a clear-cut headliner and they didn't want to induct Triple H on his own outside of D-Generation X. And I think that's why we've got all these two-time Hall of Famers to come in to try and get people in more eyes on the show. Like, oh, we're going to see Booker T, there's a name I recognise. We're going to see Bret Hart, there's a name I recognise. Harlem Heat, obviously, the greatest tag team in WCW history. No doubt about it. You know what I mean? I've went back and watched some of the old Nitros with them. Great matches, great innovative tag team for their time, immensely popular. Do I think they should have just inducted Stevie Ray in his own? Aye. I'm going to say no, purely because the only single Stevie Ray feud I can remember is when him and Booker T were feuding over Booker's right to use the word T at the end of his It's like Pete Russo or Dowsy W, but I mean, I can, I, can, I can see where Dave's coming from. It does kind of like, take away the fact that he's obviously contributed to the business as well as part of the tag team. It's maybe, it's hard to explain, like he kind of. Ando as well, although in WWF and like in Stevie Ray's case, WCW, he's maybe not had the high profile singles feud. He would have had like pre WWF, and I should be recognised by him going solo as well, yeah. So I can see both sides. Well, I see both sides, but his career as a singles wrestler is not not worthy, I think, for me. I don't know much about as a single wrestler, but I'm not disrespecting in Mm -hmm. that way because it's something I've to go back and look at, but I think as a tag team, Absolutely deserving. They set, you know, the groundwork for so many of the tag teams. I mean, the Outlaws have admitted they were an influence, you know, and mm. uh, Edge Christian have admitted it as well, and a few others. So, the, and these are guys that are Hall of Fame worthy or are going into the Hall of Fame. They deserve their place, and I think maybe Stevie will one day get his his chance to win. <laughs> maybe I uh, don't know, but I think that Alan does have to win as a team. For me. for me, it's difficult because you could talk about maybe Booker T and. We'll- We'll just talk about why Hulk Hogan shouldn't be there to induct people. Booker T broke a lot of boundaries for African American <coughs> superstars mm-hmm. and superstars of colour in WCW and WWF and wrestling as a whole. But on the flip side of that, as a tag team, you know, even earlier in the late 80s and mid 90s, Harlem Heat were breaking down barriers, and I think that's maybe why they wanted to put them in as a team for what they've done. Mm-hmm. They wanted to put Booker in once for what he did individually for people of colour and the Harlem Heat for the barriers yeah. they broke down as well. Totally. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't be as vocally against it if it wasn't for the fact that we're getting three two-time Hall of Famers in this year's class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely yeah. understand the point you're making there, Ross. And mm-hmm. with Harlem Heat, they're probably, out of all the teams and groups including two-time Hall of Famers in this class they're probably the team that most deserves to go in on their own mm-hmm. uh, at, like as a tag team as a unit because of everything you just said I think it's just because of the context of the class this year that I have the, the problem mm-hmm. with it we'll, we'll bring up later on the two-time thing because I always thought it was so special for Flair mm-hmm. and now it, it kind of feels weird tangent I think we'll talk about it later on but someone's just totally dawned on me and nobody's mentioned it maybe we're not wanting to mention it but I will the reason for me that just came to mind that they're going in is because this is like WWE's apology for Hogan because uh, mm, yeah. the, sto- the end story involved Booker T mm-hmm. so is this to be applauded and if there is going to be a guest inductor my, my money would be Hogan doing this one uh, it's his way of trying to rectify that wrong that would be the worst thing ever and mm, yeah. the thing is that could go one of two ways it can be as you say the worst thing ever and it goes down badly or this could be the moment where people realise 
he made a stupid mistake, and this is them showing the world, no Halloween, get by it, just move on. If they're genuinely really sorry, mm-hmm. move on, accept it, move on. But we make, people make mistakes. I think that would well at all. Alan, do you want to sit there and hear Hulk Hogan say, oh, they broke down barriers for African-American wrestlers, brother, knowing what he did? Yeah, I think if Hulk Hogan is going to induct him, he makes it short and sweet. Like, he just says, for me, the greatest tag team in the history of wrestling, Harlem Heat. Just say that. That would probably get him over with the fans, and people would accept that. Ironically enough, because the most noteworthy promo that Harlem Heat have ever cut <laughs> involved Hulk Hogan, and it's the infamous Hulk Hogan, we're coming for you. Oh, I forgot that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> something else I want to talk about as well, we talked about two-time inductors, uh, Stevie Ray and Booker T have been very vocal on Twitter about uh, Sherry Martell, mm-hmm. uh, Sensational Sherry, saying that you know Booker's going in twice, they want Sherry in twice because she was a massive part of them in mm-hmm. WCW. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's something they've done before, you know, they put their own version of the Horseman in, they put, mm-hmm. the, uh, we'll talk about later, they're only putting two of the Heart Foundation in, they're putting the original tag team. Mm-hmm. Is it something that the inductees should get to choose, like, by the way, we want our fellow tag partner in? Do you think that's fair, or do you think it should be just a case of take should, what you're given? I think it should get a choice, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's another member of Hallam Heat should be getting inducted as well. The third member of Hallam Heat, 2K, Big T, <laughs> Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> I mean, first of all, Billy Gunn have calls there, so one yes, is that Ahmed Johnson deserves to be up there, doesn't he? <laughs> Super. In an ideal world, yes, but it's Vinnie McMahon. He is so deluded with the real world right now that, um, no, it's his way or the highway. And don't get me wrong, he's obviously got an empire, he's, he's changed wrestling, he's changed sports entertainment, he's done it all, but he's, his time needs to come, he needs to step aside and let Triple H take over, he needs to. Even on Sherry Martel, like, I don't see why they would be against it, Like they've mm-hmm. already inducted her in the Hall of Fame back in 2006, mm-hmm. when the Moolah scandal came out, they were considering changing the name of the Battle Royal to the sensational yeah. Sherry Memorial Battle Royal, so... I don't see why someone with the name value and one of the greatest professional wrestling managers of all time and Cherry Martel wouldn't be considered um, as going in as a two-time Hall of Famer if you're going to do it anyway, like you said, might as well. Yeah, might as well. So I think I think we all agree both of them deserve to go in as a team. I think the only reason we're sort of against the Booker part is because there's so many two-timers going in this year. I think is that safe to say? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is how there's so many. I mean, there's four in total. No, no, I mean, there's three. There's in three the, going in this year. It's, yeah. it, it, as I said earlier, and we'll briefly we'll, we'll talk about it later on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of tarnished it slightly mm-hmm. with Flair having that title for so long. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So we moved from one two-timer to another two-timer. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. I think on his name value alone, yeah. you say that to people. Everyone would go, yeah, he, if someone goes mm. in twice, he deserves it. Uh, we've got the Heart Foundation going in. We could talk all day about why Owen's not going in, you know, the the unfortunate history there. You talked about Bulldog, Alan. Do you think they should have included uh, Brian Pillman and Bulldog Absolutely. if they were going in? Bulldog's also going his own right. And mm-hmm. I, was, I actually had a petition to try and get him in this year, but mm-hmm. it came to no avail. But Bulldog should have been included in it because they are one of the greatest faction get Nightheart and of the original tag team but that for that actual faction was tremendous and their rivalry with the likes of Nation DX brilliant yeah mm-hmm. yeah now just following what Alan said I mean feeling like the likes of Austin Shamrock LOD as well they're the first to do the whole face in Canada here in America mm-hmm. thing as well I mean that whole 997 as a whole was a very underrated year I think they're a very underrated faction I think mm-hmm. they all deserve to go in together mm-hmm. but uh, 
I will say, I think you look at the longevity of the Hart Foundation as a tag team. It was probably, from what I was doing my research, probably across seven years. While as the Hart Foundation as a stable was like a year or just over it, if I can remember correctly. So I think they've probably factored that in as well. Like mm-hmm. when you say the name Hart Foundation, probably most people do remember the tag team of the Hitman and the Anvil. What I will say is this, I think Jim the Anvil Nightheart was a big enough personality and has a big enough sort of mainstream following, even with, and I hate to bring up the show Total Divas, like mm-hmm. he has a mainstream stuff mm-hmm. from that, like he's mentioned and featured in that show quite prominently. Mm-hmm. So I think if there was, like he could have went in on his own, like I said, like he has enough clout, he has enough name value within the industry. Heart Foundation's one of the greatest tag teams of all time. I can't mm-hmm. have too many complaints about the tag team going in together. Can I just ask a question? Obviously he's going to be greatly missed. And as I said, he deserves to win as a singles competitor as well. Do you think the death's the only reason he's gone in? That's the only reason they're getting inducted. I I hope not. I personally. think I think they would have put him in, but I think uh, I'm actually surprised this year you didn't see Vader go in hmm. because Vader yeah. was one he he mentioned it when he inducted uh, Stan Stasiak, not uh, sorry Stan Hansen, that he did want to be a Hall of Famer, and there was a massive like mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Twitter petition to get him in. I'm surprised he's not in this year. I think the timing, much like uh, Guerrero and Edge retiring suddenly, is the reason he's went in this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do think it would have been in in the, in the future. Sure. It's yeah. just the fact that he died so suddenly. You know, he, he was totally. sixty, yeah. wasn't? Yeah, and I don't think that should take away from the induction. Like a lot of people will like say that, like, oh, the only reason he's going in is because he's dead. He would have went in eventually. Mm. Being cynical. They've got Natalia in the company. It'll be a good segment for Total Divas for them to film for the reality show. Yeah. They've got to take that in the account as well. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously, as you said, he was instrumental in the early years of Bret. Bret Hart would have made, made it himself, but you know, in the early 80s, you know, it was the land of the giants. The smaller guy needed a big guy, and mm-hmm. Anvil played his part well. He then was a big part with the Owen and Bret feud. You know, we, we mentioned it on our best WrestleMania opener show. That's one of the best matches of all time. That was a big part of the feud. And then 97, as you mentioned, Nathan, an underrated year. So I think he's got enough to go in on his own, but I think that's the reason. Uh, obviously, Natalia as well, he trained her, and he is her father. Yeah. Enough to go in on his own, but he is going in. I think we're not complaining about certain ones going in. I think it's just more the fact that, as you said, Flair was the only two-time Hall of Famer, and in yeah. the space of one year, it's now went from one to four two-time mm-hmm. Hall of Famers. Yeah. I think that's the only thing we're sort of and I think, at. I think if it was Bret Hart who became like the second two-time Hall of Famer and that was it, mm-hmm. people would be mm-hmm. like, I sound like it's, mm-hmm. it's Bret, like he probably deserves it, but it's like you say, you've got Bret and then you've got Sean who doesn't really need to go in again, let's be honest, and um then Booker as well, and it's nothing against Booker T, but he's not on the level of those mm-hmm. other guys yeah. for me, you that's know what I mean, in terms of main event drawing power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's probably why the discussions happen. And of course, there's always a speech at the Hall of Fame. Bret Hart is, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. Uh, will we hear some rather controversial moments from Bret Hart this year? I think he's just going to come out and say, Triple H versus The Undertaker, <laughs> end of an era, was a rubbish match and I'll stand by it till my dying day. <laughs> and that'll be the end of the speech. <laughs> but, I, I think he'll be very PC this one. Because he, he wouldn't want Jim's induction to be tarnished. I think that's actually true. I think if it was he, I think if it was him going in again, and Bulldog was going in with him, mm-hmm. no, actually they're all dead now. I suppose it doesn't matter. Yeah. If he was going in with someone else mm-hmm. who was still living, mm-hmm. I you would like Brett. It's mm-hmm. actually a sad moment. For it is, but he's the last yeah. one. 
and for that he'll not tarnish yeah. Danville's yeah. reputation. He hasn't put the ego. If, if, for example, Bulldog was still loving, I reckon the two of them ripped in. Mm-hmm. Said they wanted, yeah. they made it awkward. But because he's the last one, I think he'll just say thanks, these speech, and walk away. I think as well, it is a nice moment because we remember Brett's went in before, but he didn't do the WrestleMania the next night. Yeah, that's right, yeah. He was still, it was only 10 years after the screw job. Yeah. The bridges hadn't been mended yet. Yeah. It's nice now that Brett is going to get the big, you know, the big, one last big pop in a massive stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's nice for him too, and I think, as you said, Alan. He's not been a talent ship for the likes of his, his niece Natalia yeah. or his friend and grandma, Jim Danville. If I'm tearing up now, that's not <laughs> <laughs> It's quite sad to think of that. Yeah. That's just dawned to me, he's the only one left. I know, Faction. Yeah. Just hump it, you forget the rest of them are not there. There's a poll on Twitter, it was um, the rest of them in black and white, and Blitz, the yeah, only one got us the eyes. Oh man. I know. We do apologise for anybody that's sitting greeting right now. We did, we did come in here having a right laugh. We had sweeties and everything. We were talking about deaths. <laughs> so our next inductee is Sue Atkinson uh, from, I apologise if I butchered that name, uh, is going to be the Warrior Award. Uh, she's credited with the WrestleMania Reading Challenge and she's credited with WWE's relationship with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Just obviously the Warrior Award itself. Forget about the man and the controversy because we could be here for ages. His Warrior Award was they wanted backstage people that would never be recognised to be awarded. Are we glad that we've kind of moved towards this? The sort of the, what it was intended to be. Aye, but I'm not going to say you shouldn't have inducted like Corner of the Crusher and stuff like that. I think no, no, people, no. I think the people who have had it before, yeah. like obviously, deserve some sort of acknowledgement, and those have been nice uh, gestures mm. in WWE's part. I do think it's good we see backstage people going in. Mm. Make a Wish has been a great. Charitable cause, uh, John Cena obviously a big proponent of that. Um, it's good that they're moving towards that. No complaints, I'm not going to be controversial about this induction. No, no, it, it, it is one of those ones that's it's sort of a minefield. It's like, should it have been used the way beforehand? But then again, we're not going to turn around and go, you know, Connor the Crusher, you know, in the <laughs> six years he was on this planet, did so much for cancer awareness. You know, you've got that yeah. Jarius who survived multiple diseases and has done so much, you know. Yeah. I can't remember the TV, the daytime TV host, but a massive breast cancer awareness person, yeah. Eric. Uh, I, I, I forgot all their names. I do apologise. Yeah. But you know, the past warrior inductees, it is hard to turn around and go. You don't deserve it. It should have been, you know, the guy that does the costumes. Hi, <laughs> where's Jim Johnson? Right, well, just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a hard one as well, because the award itself is the, like people aren't fan of the warrior having an award after him, and then people aren't fan, you know, if it's being used one way or another. It is just. But it's nice to see Sue, who has done so much for charity, get a wee recognition, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Nene has know who she is, you know. Good yeah. Sue. I'm, I'm sure John Cena will induct her. John Cena, num- number one in speed dial. Yeah. John, I need you to go down to California. Oh, God, okay. Do you know what I hope happens? I hope Sue gets the biggest pop at WrestleMania. <laughs> That's what I hope. She probably will. Justice for Alan Sue in the Andre the Giant Memorial <laughs> Battle Royal. <laughs> she gets that centre star on stage. <laughs> Never mind DX. Sue. <laughs> Oh god, can you just imagine Shawn Michaels spray painting a big giant X on Pearl Sue? <laughs> Evening gown for WrestleMania, dude. The X are back. Mad Sue. And reading's good and all, so. Yeah, yeah. You think that they're moving towards what Warrior actually wanted for the world? Now that Dana Warrior is on the creative team. Ah. Is she? I did not yeah. know. Oh, she's a writer now? Yeah. I, I did not know she was on the creative team. Yeah, yeah. That is, that Billy Graham was not yeah. happy about it. <laughs> Billy Graham was. Billy like... Graham is like. <laughs> Billy Graham is the wrestling, the wrestler equivalent of Jim Cornette. 
He's just never happy at anything. Nah. Moving on from a good old southern bar who Jim Cornette would be happy that's gone in. It's the honky tonk man. He's got his long side buns, his hair slicked back, he's came to your town and he's been Cadillac. <laughs> he's he's the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. He's probably never going to be beaten because that that was the era of, you know, 500, 600 day title reigns. Alan, I know you're not a fan of a long title reign, more than like four or five months. I'd say six a push. Six a push. Because you can get a couple of decent rivalries in six months. I mean, Punk's reign went stale. Listen up on your Lesnar. AJ. Uh, AJ, I fi- I'm a big fan of AJ. I did like the fact that he was a champion for a long time, but from a, we were discussing yesterday, David, in the creative perspective, WWE failed him. Nakamura, it's a dream rivalry, and it, it, it just bombed. And that should have been the one that picked up and just set it off. And there's a lot of ones they missed. Some more Joe one came too little too late. People were just waiting for AJ to drop. That passion for it and going. But yeah, back then, as you see, because you had to remember that thing, Hogan was champion for nearly three years or something, four years. You know, they all held big titles, so yeah, he deservedly deserved to go in. Um, and also the fact that we put over Warrior as well, when Warrior took off him. And he, was, he was always entertaining. And he was the rocks, you know. You know Idol for you know, the side bumps. <laughs> so uh, yeah, definitely deserves the one. I'm sorry, all I can think of now is the rock singing the honky tonk man theme song. Oh. <laughs> Nathan, what are your uh, thoughts on the honky tonk man going in and thoughts of he's in a continental title run? I agree with what Alan said. Um, don't know much about his career, but like Alan said, the one title reign helped put what helped spear rock out of the warrior on towards the world title the following year. Did he have a later run as well? I think he came back in the 90s. Ah, he came back in the 90s. Com- nah, he did commentary actually. He did commentary. He said there was a commentator as well. Um, I'm surprised about that actually, because they not have bad blood for Vince Farrell. Yeah, so what I, I was saying when he got inducted was they must have paid him handsomely because he has been offered a fair few years. They always like to have a, a sort of mid card or 80s guy go in because it always pops the crowd and it's always a nice wee little wake up in the middle of the, of the Hall of Fame ceremony. For years he said, I won't abandon the Indies, that's where all my money comes from. And WWE weren't going to offer him what the likes of WrestleCon and, you know, all these conventions were offering him. So they must have paid him handsomely to get him this year because for years he was, it's not a real Hall of Fame, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, I mean, if I can't go visit it, it's not a real Hall of Fame, which, I mean, is a hard argument to fight against, mm-hmm. you know. We can drive down the road to Hamden Park and go visit the Scottish Football Hall of Fame, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You go to Ibrox or Parkhead, there's a big placard of all the players in the Hall of Fame, so you know, mm-hmm. it's a hard argument to you know, argue against. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I do think there should be a physical Hall of Fame, and I actually think it would do good business for WWE, you oh, could use it as a sort of archive. Well, we've talked, yeah. new headquarters is going to have it. Yeah, that'd be class. Mm-hmm. It would be class. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I remember a Honky Kong man is the Santino Morello's Honkometer, uh, the most pathetic uh, attempt to try and catch up with the Honky Kong man reign, become the greatest intercontinental champion of all the times. Um, but you know what? The song's nice. It's, it's nice to see him go in. I think he does deserve yeah. to go in. He is. Like we talked about Beefcake, his contribution was he was Hogan's friend. Like when it suited him, you know, when he needed to sell books, he sold Hogan out quicker than anything. But, you know. <laughs> Honk Top Man was always his own man, never abandoned the Indies, except for this year. And he was one of the 11 men eliminated by Kane in the 2001 Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's and my first memory of him. That is my fa- I, that's my favourite memory of the Honky yeah. Top Man. Just 
Hold on a minute, big fella. I'm gonna sing a song. I usually rat toes at Arthur's head. I just say I don't like that. Do not disrespect the guitar. It's a sad thing. Jeff Jarrett, put your finger. Stop hitting people guitars. Find a new tool. Did he? Did he not have interactions with Cindy Lauper at WrestleMania? Um, I remember he had the entrance in the Cadillac did he not he's like car that was lovely um, that was like a really good WrestleMania entrance so obviously an iconic moment on the grandest stage of them all as they would say that was uh, yeah that was with Greg Valentine and DDP as a driver DDP was yeah. it yeah, D- have you ever heard the DDP story about that nah it's that the creative team liked his Cadillac so the Cadillac <laughs> got the job not him class <laughs> yeah so the car got the payday not him so, well, that is WWE in a nutshell. Right? He's a wolf, man. So, we've talked Honky Talk Man, Tory Wilson, Bruce Beefcake, The Heart Foundation, Harlem Heat, and Big Sue. Big Sue, who we, are all, who we will all be cheering. Yes. <laughs> We're marks for Big Sue. We, we all love Big Sue. Big Sue for three time Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> one for the Warrior, uh, one for the Make a Wish, one for the Reading Challenge, Reading Challenge <laughs> and one for just being Sue. Yeah, the Sue Award. Yes. Hashtag Suey three times. Get it trending. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to take the piss at this pure moment. I've put like three pence in a charity bucket occasionally passing, passing charity people in John Square. That's about it. Do you know how it was when Triple H's tweet came out? I was like, he's struggling for words. <laughs> it's like he always has things to say uh, on people, but then it's like once and he's just like, no sure, like, <laughs> Sue was he's always right, here. He's right to tweet one. Why is this not about the limiter anymore? Why is it not only 90 characters? I know, you can always tell as well with Vince McMahon. It's always somebody else handling his account, but it's always like the big people get happy birthdays, and then it's like yeah. when it's somebody that's not good, it's just like, oh, it's, it, it, it's Christian's birthday. Oh, all the enthusiasm of Todd Grisham when he becomes. <laughs> it's, it's Christian! It's Christian! <laughs> that's somebody else he's been. Uh, before we move on to our final inductee, just Christian's someone that's been. Batted about as someone's going mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame. Just, I'm going to give you just a wee minute each, just to say someone you want in the Hall of Fame. Alan, you can have someone other than Bulldog if you want to. Maybe put another one forward. Oh. Oh. Rock. Rock. The Rock deserves to win. I think The Rock would be in if it wasn't for the fact DX. The Rock, much like Undertaker. Has to win as the, yeah. the top. Yeah, yeah, definitely top yeah. headliner. Absolutely. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. If yeah. this is Taker last year, next year's Taker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the only thing we sweet is because it's back in Florida next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe could, The Rock. Could mm-hmm. be. If The Rock would just take, you know, around about April, May, Feb, March, April off, just for like two months off, <laughs> might get him in, you know. <clears throat> might get an actual WrestleMania match we want. Fuck's sake, just think, there'll be 19 movies not made in that time because The Rock is always making a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and TV shows. And TV shows and everything else, apps, everything. So, The Rock for his contribution to TV, film and apps, not at all for wrestling. <laughs> uh, Nathan, anyone else you'd like to see in? Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed. Nah, 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 <laughs> you mentioned him earlier, I'd go with Vader. Vader. Yeah, I think he's the best big man in wrestling, that's the... Fair enough, and Dave, anyone you'd like to see? Yeah, I had three names for Rowan about there, I'm going to go with one, and I'm going to go with NXT General Manager William Regal. Mm. Um, sure. I think Regal, sure. for his longevity, mm. uh, for his... Uh, not only his contributions to WWE 
career in WCW, also what he did in the British independence scene. Like, he came up at the time where uh, the sort of golden era was dying down of that. Like, Big Daddy and uh, who's the other guy again? Giant Haystacks. Uh, we're still main eventing carbs when he was coming up as Stephen Regal. So, it's a link into that history, and I think it'd be good, especially with the launch of the NXT UK brand, to have William Regal there, front and centre. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And just a couple of names I'd throw in there. I'd mentioned Christian, Alan's mentioned Bulldog, Goldust, who's recently left the company. Yeah. And we think he's retired, we don't know. There might be another Saudi Arabia show, Kane. Yeah. I think every, every one of them deserves to go in, and obviously we mentioned earlier briefly Taz. So, good few names, hopefully we see all of them go in in the future. But the last group we're going to mention, possibly the most influential group in the Attitude Era. Everybody knows at least one of these members, you know, you, you could put every one of them in on their individual careers alone. But it's uh, Billy Gunn and Friends. It's the <laughs> <laughs> I waited so long for I that. It coming. No, it's China and Friends, boy. It's D-Generation X. So another two-time Hall of Famer, Shawn Michaels. The game Triple H, the badass Billy Gunn, the road dog Jesse James, the ninth wonder of the world, China, and Shawn, the one, two, three kid X-Pac. Yeah. So all six members going in. Tell me, where the hell is Tory? Where is Tory? <laughs> where is Hornswoggle? <laughs> Where's uh, Stephanie McMahon? Where's IRS? Yeah. Where's Rick Rude? Rick Rude. Rick Rude, Yeah. Yeah, you just mistaken because... IRS and all. Let's throw him in there. Oh, fucking throw IRS in there. Black slip back here. They all look the same. Are we going to take them all at once or are we going to break it down? Yes. Thanks for that. See you later. He's waited all day to say that. So DX, I think this is one of the ways that I don't mind a two-time Hall of Famer when it is a massive faction but I think tag teams are about as we talked before earlier you know if the tag team's good enough to go in and one's already in the other one should just get their own induction D-Generation X so first of all let's just favourite DX moments Nathan I'll start with you on the spot um, well I mean we did prepare this show about know, a week I in know. advance could <laughs> <laughs> um, be something that happened to DX go mm-hmm. Austin dropping the whatever it was in the DX bus. Ah, he dropped like a compact yeah. on the DX Express. He blew it up. Stop my head there, yeah. DX evading WCW. That's always a classic. And I like the night after WrestleMania when Shawn Michaels retired since Triple H announcing that he's going to reform DX under his new leadership because I think that was the turning point in Triple H's career. I'll go with a classic mocking the nation because <laughs> it is. And I was as well. It's not aged well, but it's one of those ones, and we actually talked about it on the controversial side of wrestling storyline, myself and Kwaku, that Kwaku found it funny, and my thing was, if it's something that makes fun of a certain group, or race, or certain types of people, religion, whatever, and someone of that race, religion, colour is not offended, it's people who aren't of that race, religion, or colour. They turn around and go, "You should be offended. We're offended on your behalf." You know, it's not aged well, but at the time, it was fine. It's a classic skit, and you know, it's still fun. You know, the the entire nation went, "Yeah, on you go." Yeah. So, uh, for me, that's their classic skit. So, we'll just talk about everyone just a wee bit individually. First off, China. There was a lot of. There's been a lot of controversial Hall of Famers that have done controversial things outside the ring. China's adult film career, I don't think any would say, took away from what she did in the ring. No, no. And, you know, 
the fact that Hulk Hogan's been brought back. We've mentioned him a lot on this show. We don't want Hulk back. It, it's done. Sorry, Hulk, you fucked it. Yeah. But Hulk Hogan is someone you can Google and find racist rants mm-hmm. and criminal charges against his son for reckless driving and, you know, a sex tape, which was the big reason they didn't want to bring China back. It just throws that whole Triple H logic of what if my child goes on and Googles your name argument. She is going in, so, you know, that is a victory in itself, but it's just a shame she's not here to get it. Yeah, exactly. She did porn, she didn't murder anyone. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, put things in context. Um, And quite frankly, it's astonishing to me she hasn't been in before. Um, she was a huge part of Triple H's character from the get-go huge part of DX from the get-go had some great moments remember when she came number one contender to the WWE Championship first woman to enter the Men's Royal Rumble match had that classic victory against Ivory which is often overlooked at Wrestlemania but that was a good rivalry reading in and I know it was somewhat of a squash and end up but it's a good moment to see China lifting that women's title at Wrestlemania it's an iconic image she's an iconic performer for the company and I don't think it's a question that she should have been in before now yeah can I follow for that I just exactly completely agree with Dave Um, but I do think she did deserve to go in on her own she was that much of a trailblazer especially for women's wrestling well, yeah, kind of following what the guys are saying, you know, you're talking about uh, earlier on, you made the point, a women's single match at WrestleMania, she'd done that. She actually won a men's title, she won the Intercontinental title, great rival with Jericho. I'm not upset that she's not in as a singles competitor, her time will come, no question, you'd have seen that now. Uh, she's a pioneer, she was 20 years ahead of the game. If she was about now, she would be running that women's, that women's division. WrestleMania 35, she'd have been the main event, and Pete says, I don't even know if Becky would have been that. I think she might have taken over from Becky's whole pot spotlight or whatever, mm-hmm. but she was ahead of the game. She's, it's a definite she's going to go in on her own. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time, but she's one of these people two time that totally will deserve it. And she's the exact oh, encapsulation of intergender wrestling yeah. done right because she was never sometimes she's presented as an underdog in the match but it was never presented as though China has no chance of winning here mm-hmm. what is she doing in this, the ring with this guy like she was presented as a fighter and a warrior and a gladiator and that's what I love about the China character like not even you can take the woman out of it and like depending on whether you like her or not that's absolutely fine but the China character is like peak WWE and doesn't get enough credit for the success of the attitude here as a whole never mind going in the Hall of Fame no absolutely like, you talk about she entered the 99 Royal Rumble number 30 Nobody expected it to win. And everyone expected it to go in and get flung out right away. What's the first thing she do? She goes after her boyfriend in the match, Mark Kenny, kicks the crap out and throws him out the ring. He was the world's strongest man at that point, is the odds on favourite winner. That just shows how much they thought, right, we can't let you win it, but we're going to let you have a big moment. That's how much they thought of her. There was always talk backstage, and I think it's a shame we're not in, we weren't in the era we're in now where women are getting more opportunities because although she did get a lot of men's opportunities there was always that hesitation from Vince McMahon to not give her the big one to give her the title and it's all it's it's just a shame we're not in that time now you know that's been class man can you imagine that she's been a phenomenal heavyweight champion mm-hmm. phenomenal even if it was just for a couple of months even if it was just like a Mick Foley like a two or three week reign yeah. even if he did it like the Kane thing mm-hmm. the one night mm-hmm. right, because it's not going to happen again. Yeah, because as much as I love Becky, yeah, as much as I love Becky and Charlotte and Ronda's compares, mm-hmm. they ain't never going to win the universal title, the no, WWE title. Mm-hmm. But the thought of like her for one night <clears throat> doesn't matter who's the champion, Undertaker, Rock, Kane, Austin, mm-hmm. 
piece of crap at once and then they get the rematch closed and they could do the dirty on her. Totally. Tacker from behind, ref comes through, bin. And you talk about trailblazers as well. We wouldn't have the model of, like, we wouldn't have people like Beth Phoenix who's come back recently. We wouldn't have a Nia Jax. We wouldn't have these bigger women who are outside the mold of the models WWE used to hire if you didn't have China doing it first in mm-hmm. the 90s. Yeah. I think if she was still alive and on good terms with WWE, she'd be a headliner. I think. I think she would have, she would have definitely been in that battle royal. I think. In terms of Hall of Fame, I mean, like Oh no, no, Hall of Fame, yeah, Hall of Fame, and I think she would have been in the women's rumble yeah. in the battle royal and all that much. Like, and evolution. Uh, evolution, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Plus, a classic work with Eddie Guerrero, and even as you said, okay. Eddie Guerrero beat her for the Intercontinental Title because she got knocked down and he hugged her, but her shoulders were down, so he <laughs> accidentally <laughs> pinned her. Mm-hmm. You could have done that, uh, like Mark Henry, maybe. You know, he'd have got his moment sooner. And Chris Stregel was also apparently said the best rivalry ever had was with China. He loved working with her. He's like, I could, I could throw her about in the ring. I knew she'd take it, and I knew she could throw me about in the ring. See, I think we could do it right. And look, when you look back at that rivalry, I don't remember a poor match that, ever. That's a recent one, though. I think with Jericho because in his book originally he slated yeah, her, I and he, that, he yeah. got a massive backlash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think now he's realised. What did they say in the book? He basically. He basically implied she was only there because of Triple H. Mm. And then I think... The Triple H didn't have the pool back then. I think the... Yeah, it was like more the click that had the pool. Like, Triple H had to go through people to yeah. get pool. He wouldn't have been able to get that much pool for China. So, we go from China to X-Pac. X-Pac was one, I think we all thought, he would be the only click guy never to go in. I think when you look back in these matches, classic match with Razor Ramon, some great matches in the light heavyweight and cruiserweight division in both WWF and WCW. Great matches with the likes of Rock. He was, we always talk about how Kane brought Daniel Bryan out of his shell and gave him a comedy aspect and a more likeable aspect in WWE. X-Pac did that for Kane mm-hmm. years before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the first guy to get Kane to talk. Mm-hmm. He had feuds with The Rock, he had feuds, he ended up feuding with Kane, he had feuds with The Road Dog, teamed with The Road Dog, great feuds with The Dudleys. Is it good to it's good to see him go in, but I think although he does deserve it, we all knew he would only go in in a group with X Pac. I don't know. I think he would have been inducted on his own. I think um, I mean, your guys talk about like Benoit, Malenko, Guerrero. It's been like smaller guys who influenced like Grand Football at the time when it was Land of the Giants. Who influenced other smaller guys to get the rest in the Yankees and that category. And Yankee does have to be on his own, yeah. Enough, uh, I think he made a good event, but he deserves to win. And plus, one of my favourite rival him was Shippy Man. He was the European yeah. title. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a great mid card champion. And you always knew you were going to get at least a 7 out of 10 match up. Yeah. Didn't he have many poor matches? And people seem to have this problem with mid card goes going in. Like, they're just as important part of the show as the main event. Maybe they're not drawing mm-hmm. people in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have a great mid card, then it's going to keep people invested throughout the entire of the yeah, show. Exactly. X Pac was a strong, steady hand in the mid card. I just wish he, he had the worst catch phase in the business. See, so when he comes back, he's like, raise some hell and light it all. And all. he's like, no one cares, mate. Stop trying to make it happen. He's always used. Stop trying to make fetch a thing. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's like that. <laughs> Vince always used them as a measuring stick for bringing a new talent. If they had a good mm-hmm. match with X-Pac, then he'd mm-hmm. have a good run. He did. He, he had the sort of... It used to be called X-Pac Heat. I think yeah. it would be called Dolph Ziggler Heat now because it just got to the point... He was so over, but then it got to a point around about 2001 where people were just sick of X-Pac. And much like people are sick of Dolph Ziggler now, and it was a shame, I think. The fact that he's went away, much of Dolph went away, we would have appreciated him a bit more. Yeah. And I think 
it is good he's going in. So we'll go from then them to the outlaws, Billy Gunn holding up <laughs> Road Dog <laughs> Jesse James for It was come back to F actually don't no, no, but he when he came back to WF it kinda of kick started a trend where younger Dow Stowey guys mm-hmm. were now jumping with WF and that turned the tide in Monday Night Wars. Yeah, because it yeah. led to like the likes of the, ra- yeah. the, the Radicals, I should say. Couldn't even say it. The Radicals, Jericho and more, you know, as you said, that's, that's a very good point. Um, so, this ironically started with another Hall of Famer, Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man took then known as the Roadie, who was teaming with Jeff Jarrett under his wing because Jeff Jarrett left. And then, was it, no sorry, the roadie had been left, which is it's hard to remember. The roadie, <laughs> the roadie had left uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jeff Jarrett left the company and Honky Tonk Man had Billy Gunn as his new protege and the roadie came out and said, don't be with him because I carried people for far too long, you deserve better. And these two guys that couldn't get over on their own became all of a sudden Mr. Ass and the trash talking machine that was Road Dog Jesse James. It was just it's just so bizarre when you think of the origins of it. Like you think of them just being recruited into DX mm. as already solid stars. They were people on the verge of being released. Yeah. They were like they were the, the equivalent of the Ascension back in the day. And so quickly they became such a successful tag team, six time WWE champ, uh, tag team champions. Both Intercontinental Champions, both Hardcore Champions, Billy Gunn's a 1999 King of the Ring. I will defend that till the day I die, much like I do Mabel's 1995 King of the Ring. <laughs> and it's just, it's great to see them going. I think they could have went in as a team on their own, but it's good to see them going with DX. I think their popularity all comes from DX, as we've seen when they try to split them up in 99. Yeah, I mean, they're unbelievably over. I imagine they, are, they, they had the crowd channel on with their entrance everything. I think people forget actually how over they were. Yeah, and it was great when they came back as well. Like even their most recent run, like that was like turning back the clock a bit for me. Mm-hmm. Like because you yeah. looked at them both, and you're like you're both still really quite decent workers, mm-hmm. but they were coming in. Wow. Sure, they won the belts, mm-hmm. but it was against Cody Rhodes who could have recovered anyway, and then Agent Goldust. So it wasn't as though they were like burying any younger talent, and they put over the shield like really well at that year's mm-hmm. WrestleMania. Over in the Attitude Era, would have went in as a tag team anyway. All right to see them in as DJ with DJ Generation X. Mm-hmm. Very happy. And yeah, and also they helped pave the way to put Evs and Chris into the Hardys, the Dudleys over, and they built the tag team wrestling, as we know, we mentioned yesterday, Steve mentioned it. I'm not a fan of tag wrestling, but you go back to that attitude era, they're the pioneers that kept it going, because after the LOD went, mm-hmm. there was nobody there to take over yeah. that mantle. Yeah. They two came in and went, right, we'll do it, and we'll build a division, and within four years, mm-hmm. there's never, that was the greatest tag team wrestling ever, there's mm-hmm. never been anything close to it. It's the peak of tag team wrestling. Yeah, and any any uh, no promotion anywhere in the world ever that was that in the tag team matches the match people will want to watch nobody cared about me in the event when you knew TLC was on you didn't care that Rock and Austin were fighting late that night yeah. you wanted to see Jeff Hardy get speared 20 feet off the ground that's what you wanted you know, you know. is it what pop you're going to get and that's and they're the guys that set the groundwork and put the foundations in and rightfully they have to win you know the only thing I'd say is uh, I don't know I think Chuck yeah, it was a bit hard to <laughs> that could have been the induction but. yes uh, Chuck's gonna petition yeah. his former lover is not taking him back that and K Quick is ready to get rowdy <laughs> but Road Dog has abandoned him once again <laughs> the um, Bart Gunn as well Bart Gunn oh for 
fuck's sake, don't mention Scott McLeod on the podcast. You're so, <laughs> Shut it. I, I've always been the Billy. <laughs> and the thing you mentioned, obviously, they helped pave the way for big booming tag team wrestling, but for a wee while, much like the Usos in WWE from like 2012 to 2014, there was only really one steady team, and that was the Outlaws. You know, the, you look at them, it was like, Undertaker and Big Show and then the uneasy alliance of Shawn Michaels and Austin and Sh- uh, Austin and Undertaker and Austin and Dudlove and Austin and his partner of the week and Kane and X-Pac and Rock and Sock, you know. These were always guys that would split off back in a singles competition but the likes of the Outlaws stayed as a team and I think you saw the tie team division suffer when in 99 they tried to put them in separate, mm. separate categories. So... I think everything's been said that could be said about Shawn Michaels being a WWE Hall of Famer, you know, back when he was inducted, since he's been inducted. We're going to end talking about, to me, possibly one of the most deserving wrestlers to go in the Hall of Fame ever. He knew how to play the game. He is the game. He is Triple H. I think, even if he never wrestled a match, his contributions from NXT and the current product are just undeniable. He's just such a... He just gets wrestling. He gets what the current crowd want. And I think that's why NXT's done so well, but you know, from his wrestling career as well. Classic rivalries with the best of the best, The Rock, Austin, Undertaker, Kane, start with Nathan. Some of your favourite Triple H memories, some matches, just... I just remember it was being one, probably one of the best deals I've seen. Um, when I first started watching the it was, it was, it was him against Foley actually, it was the main rivalry, then going to him against The Rock, and I hated him. I absolutely hated him, just everything about him. The smarminess, he's married to Stephen, man, just everything. And he's kind of continued that. He's been a face through his career as well, but he's always been a guy that people love to hate. Mm-hmm. And that's his best legacy, I think. I think the thing as well, they always mention, and don't get me wrong, I think we can all agree he's had certain things and certain privileges from being mm-hmm. the son in law of Vince mm-hmm. McMahon. But you don't get that far if you can't wrestle as well as okay. Triple H mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. He's always he's always been like much like we talked about the Marco Gennetti, he's always been the second place to Sean, but he's pretty damn good in his own right, I think. <laughs> well, like I mentioned yesterday in the show, if you go back, or just what happened, if you're on Facebook, it was Kane versus him at WrestleMania 15, mm-hmm. and you see how poor he actually was back then. Mm-hmm. His timing, his movement, he just didn't look fit. If you look back to the WCW days, they weren't great, you could see why he really struggled, but that after that WrestleMania, something just clicked on him, and they would say about the 2000 period, that's when he yeah. became the guy. Mm-hmm. And just on your point, I th- I'd actually go as far to say he's Triple H is the greatest heel wrestlers I've ever had. I'll give you that. When he yeah. goes a full deep in there, you literally just want to, you want to get a knife just yeah. in there. You really do, because he knows how to get under your skin. You know, and he's. He's been a decent, I'd say he's been a decent face. It hasn't been an overwhelming phenomenal mm-hmm. face. He's never been like a rock and a Boston, but he's he's always had quality matches. And as I was saying yesterday as well, it's like Wurski, he gets better with age. Mm-hmm. You look at him fight, you know, at the Saudi Arabia show, and you compare that to the 99 WrestleMania, it's not the same guy. You just look at that can't the same guy, and you're like, no, it is. This guy's getting better and better. And look at his shape, he's 49, and he's in better shape then, now, as it was, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, 29. Um, absolutely deserving to go in uh, but I've seen a lot of heat about it because the privileges they're saying oh, that he needs to go in this is his way of testing the water to see if he can go in that guy deserves to go in that, he will be a three time Hall of Famer no doubt mm. and forget the fact that he's married to Stephanie 
he won with DX, he'll go on himself and he will win a revolution. Yeah. No questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. absolutely phenomenal. And the best thing I love about him, he's more than happy to put anyone over. And that's that's the point I was gonna make. Like yeah, you talked about his improvement. He's always saying he was a student of the game. He always like we've known that he's had this encyclopedic knowledge of wrestling uh, since he came in. He always worked to try and improve himself. So the fact that he came from where he was to where he is today, one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in the planet, is, is something. But it's like you're saying, Alan. Like look at the amount of people in the roster who don't owe their careers to Triple H, but always set part of their push or be taken to that next level. Thanks yeah. to Triple H, you look at your Randy Orton's evolution. You look at your Batistas. You look at your John Cena's. You know, I mean, you look even at Edge and. Randy Orton rated RKO if he didn't get that injury he was more than willing to put them over you know what I mean um, you look at even today he's put over basically every member of the Shield like mm-hmm. he's had great matches at Wrestlemania against The Undertaker losing mm-hmm. both times going out in his back to The Undertaker at the end of the year match and Ross like you say inventing NXT coming up with that concept mm-hmm. trying to take the WWE in a new direction and try to refresh it Triple H is phenomenal one of the greatest wrestlers of all time to say that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame just because he's married to the boss's mm-hmm. daughter is quite frankly farcical. I think. Yeah, totally. Agree. There's only two things. There's some. The only thing I really don't like about Triple H his whole career, we had that stupid Prince Albert. <laughs> yeah, that it just looked creepy. Yeah, I, just, I, no. I think that was his Lemmy look. He wanted to pay oh, off. Yeah, because he grew up for WrestleMania when yeah. Lemmy played him to the ring, yeah. and then he kept it for like another three years. He's a big fan of Harley Race as well. That's yeah, yeah. 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 That, that was that was just dodgy. Like, you, yeah. you, you learn from yourself. Like, oh no, he says the only mistake you ever had in his career is the mullet. You know, you, you learn and move on. From my first exposure to Triple H actually was WrestleMania twenty two. Just mm. before twenty two was when I started watching. I remember being scared of him as a wee guy. It's like you're saying. Even he's one of the greatest heels of all time. I'm coming out of that sledgehammer. And what's yeah. good about wrestling is when it's believable. I look at Triple H and I think if I saw him in a dark alley carrying that hammer, I am a dead man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the type of image he has. Well, I put a point across, right? Um, so here's what you can't hear us right now. My pal Scott and I were talking uh, years ago when Triple H first cut his hair. Spitting image of her dad. <laughs> I was terrified. I'm like watching like, her dad coming to the ring with a sledgehammer going, Crap. As, <laughs> as we all know, one of the H's in Triple H stands for Hazel, so I think that was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that was only fitting. Hunter Hazel, that's exactly. And do you know what? I know it's a minor thing, but a big part of a wrestler's character is the look, and when he cut his hair, I was afraid that it was going to take something away from Triple H, but to be fair, I think he owns it now. Like, he looks actually, better. Yeah, I actually think it looks better. Do you know what it looks like? It looks like a warrior out of Skyrim. I mentioned Skyrim on far too many of these podcasts. He looks like Kathos and he really does. Maybe you should voice a dragon, Ross. Can I just bring it one last point? It's just when you were talking about him being a student of the game. I think it was the very first Tough Enough he was doing it. And he's sitting there, and Josh Matthews is the only name I can remember. It's in the crowd, he's trying to obviously. And he's like, Why should I be a wrestler? And a world champion, he's like, Out, go. Why do you want to be a wrestler? And he's really digging. And, and he starts off with character, but you see him switch like that, and you see him probably coming out. It's like entertaining. It's about believing. But he's making people who are not fans that don't watch believe you are that person, you are going to do that to that person and take that sale. And you know, I don't think there's anyone out there in the world that has the passion for wrestling as that man does. I'll argue with anyone, nobody. And I mean, like Sarah Gay is probably the most passionate person about wrestling on our podcast. Yeah. He leaves her for dust. No offence, Sarah, but he does. 
you know, the guy knows what he's doing. And just to, that's one of the reasons I'm really excited for the Triple H Batista match coming up, just to keep it a bit topical, because Triple H is that student of the game Batista, if you read his autobiography, is also that. Mm-hmm. Those two are going to go out there and it's going to be like old school WWE, and I don't mean that to disparage the current mm-hmm. product, but we're going to get a great story, we're going to get a well-paced match. This is going to be like, it's not going to be a technical match in the sense that like you're not going to see them like go from submission hold to submission hold, but in terms of classic storytelling, Look out for Triple H Batista mm. at WrestleMania, by the way. That's, that's a good shout, actually. It's very good, right? So, safe to say, I think we agree just about every single one of them deserves to go in, except Nathan's against the beefcake. <laughs> 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 a good class of Hall of Fame, I think we're all. Any complaints we had is just the fact that the two timer thing for Ric Flair has been sort of ruined. Mm. It's not It's not yeah. been a gradual thing, it's not as if they did. Harlem Heat one year, TX one year, the Heart Foundation the next year, just yeah. the fact that they did them all at once. If it was just like Sean Michaels and DX this year, mm-hmm. like when it was first announced, mm-hmm. I think it would have been absolutely spoiling. I, I, I wouldn't be able to argue it. I think another faction I think deserves to go in, and two of them are already in the Hall of Fame, the other two will be in the Hall of Fame, I think, on their own because they were very pop. One was one of the most popular of all time, one was very popular in the Attitude Era. Nation of Domination. Godfather's already in. Mark Henry's already in. Elo Brown (laughs) deserves to be in. I think we all all agree that. Farouk is already in. Sorry, I should say. There's five of them. And The Rock, we've mentioned him earlier. And if you want to add them in, hopefully one day we do get them in. Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Yeah. The thing with The Nation, though, is... Like, it's going to be like the biggest pop for The Rock. Can you imagine The Rock coming out to The Nation music with the other members of The Nation now? You can't really do the whole... Arm up thing because I, I, don't, yeah. I don't want The Rock to wear a suit at that Hall of Fame. I want him to wear the big black t shirt with the big white R on it. It's just, it's yeah. it's the worst and yet greatest t shirt in wrestling history. It's just a big R. If he goes in because of that, he has to go with the beat the hair back and the huge sideburns yes. and get the curls back. Yes. He needs to go back to like 1997, 98, Rock. Wear the pajamas. I don't know. If we're talking about stables, I'm still holding out for King Booker's court to go in there, man. <laughs> I mean, that could be King Booker a three time Hall of Famer. It gets William Regal in there like you want. Yeah, and Finley. Finley. Yeah. He deserves it. And then Charmel. Do you know what? Three times, three times, three times, three times. Is there some way we can get Booker T in five times? I just think that. King Booker's court, King Booker is itself, and then. <laughs> Commentary. He was in the uh, Misfits in Action. Yeah, GI Bro. Yeah. Um, and Henry Goldust. They'll buy TNA, yes. put him in with the main event Mafia, put in WCW as a whole. That's a seven now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he won six world titles. Pre show panels. <laughs> he, was, he actually was a great commentator as well oh, I, hated, I hate him as a commentator I, I liked him as a commentator I hated him and then we got the coach and the only reason I thought coach was better was because coach only spoke nonsense once an hour for his brother Bauer because he talked nonsense constantly nah. you'd say that maybe Byron Saxon I like really? Byron like, Byron, I think we're getting cool. into commentators in wrestling now well, <laughs> for me Byron just needs to get gagged <laughs> oh, poor Byron. Well, I like the moment. Renee's boss. I think Renee's boss. I enjoy Renee. Yes. Renee came well, so well, and then she spent downhill. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> moving, veering wildly back on topic. This has been our Hall of Fame show. I'd like to thank the panel, Alan, for both being on the panel and hosting us here today. No worries. Thanks so much, Nathan. Yeah, pleasure, thank you. David Gamble. I can't wait to win back my title this week. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Hockney. What David is referring to is our monthly sweeps, which we are now doing two of this month. We are doing a sweeps on 
Friday for our ESSR title and a sweeps on Sunday for our ESSR title once again. Sarah and myself will be live tweeting uh, NXT TakeOver New York, so follow us on Twitter at SuplexRetweet. Also find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find us on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, anywhere that... Anywhere. Google. Uh, Google is. Google <laughs> Sleep Suplex Retweet. We're there. Suplexretweet.com. Exactly. You'll find our website. It'll take you anywhere you want to go. <laughs> the magical mystery <laughs> tour. This is a horrible outro. <laughs> but, yeah, find us there. Uh, I'll be live tweeting part of WrestleMania. I'm getting help to do it. I'm not doing all eight pissing hours. <laughs> and catch up on the rest of the week. We have had an interview with TJ Perkins, which is an absolutely fantastic listen, by Stephen Wilson. Andy Mitchell hosted a great show proving once again why he's better than David Campbell. Really? <laughs> about, about Batista, Derek Kernahan was back in the hosting chair talking Kofi Kingston. I like that one. Grieve was hosting NXT TakeOver Preview. Uh, Scott McLeod hosted the best of the rest talking about all the independent shows happening around WrestleMania weekend. David Hockney. <laughs> the former champ. The, the soon to be former champ. Uh, the former champ. <laughs> Hosted a great undercard show. Uh, Stephen Wilson will be hosting a main card show. That'll be out this Saturday. Alan McLucas here will be hosting our next day instant reactions. Hopefully here as well. Yes, hopefully here as well. <laughs> uh, Stephen Wilson will be back next week for a live show hosting our full in-depth weekend review. I recently got a chance to interview Al Snow. That'll be available on Sunday. And Ryan Gallagher recently got a chance to interview current WWE backstage correspondent Scott Stanford. Yes, future Hall of Famer. So keep an eye out for that. You look... You heard how long it took me to get all that out in the open. There is so much there, and there is so much more. There's interviews with Seth Rollins, The Miz, Lionheart, Mark Dallas, James Storm, every single member of the Filthy Generation. We have so much there. So many shows on The Rock, Austin, women's wrestling as a whole, a a women's only show. We've got reviews of Glow, pay-per-views, everything. Give us a subscribe, eat, sleep, suplex, retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and Android podcasting sites. Thank you very much. Good night. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f***. You think you're doing whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the f- you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now.